Jesus is all you need, and he's right here, and he wants to make a difference in your life. Do you believe that this year? It's a new year, it's new beginnings, new possibilities, new dreams. God has a plan for you, and you look to everything else so many times. I look to everything else, but I want us to focus in and let's look to the only one who can give us those new possibilities. The only one who can give us that new vision, those new dreams, those new beginnings, and that's Jesus Christ. He's all you need. Do you believe that this year, that Jesus is all you need? Let's pray and thank him. Dear God, we come before you and we recognize that we need you desperately, but we thank you that we have you. We thank you for your love for us and all that you're gonna do in our lives in the next few moments. Lord, as we kick off a new year, we know that you've got some new beginnings, some new possibilities, some new realities, some new dreams, some new visions that you wanna give us. You wanna do some amazing things in our lives, and I pray that you would open our eyes to it in the next few moments, that we would see how much you love us and how powerful you are. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You could be seated. Now, I don't know if you've made your New Year's resolutions and broken your New Year's resolutions already, but um, maybe one of your resolutions is to pick up a new sport or a new hobby. Well, I want to recommend one to you today. Axe throwing. Did you know axe throwing is now an international sport? Yes, I I was watching ESPN 8, the Ocho, the other day, and... I saw the World Axe Throwing Championship. No, it was really on ESPN2 was the World Axe Throwing Championships. And since I watched the World Axe Throwing Championships, I think it qualifies me to throw axes in church. So I'm going to do that. Um, Oh, not bad. Thank you. At least I hit the target. Now, these are fun, these little ones. Not too bad. I, I do a lot better when I imagine the face of someone I don't like on the target. But it's a real stress reliever and it's kind of addictive, axe throwing. There are a lot of strange sports that are getting really big right now. Pickleball is blowing up. How many of you guys play pickleball? Yeah, we've got a couple of fans out there. Some of you have no idea what it is, and that's all right. I, I was watching ESPN the other day and I saw the World Tag Championships. Yes, tag is a professional sport now. It's crazy. You know, I would kind of like to see them combine some of these quirky sports, like put together pickleball, tag, and axe throwing all into one sport, just to see how it turned out. Now today, as we kick off a new year and our new series, we're looking at our key verse, and it's about an axe. And so open your Bibles to Ecclesiastes 10, And would you stand in honor of God's word? And just follow along with me, all you guys at our Atascacita campus, our online campus all over the world and here at the Woodlands, just follow along. This is a really powerful verse. If the ax is dull and one does not sharpen its edge, then one must exert more strength. However, the advantage of wisdom is that it brings success. You can be seated. 
The Bible is saying, if you got a dull axe and you go out to chop some firewood, you're going to work a lot harder and it's going to take you a whole lot longer than if you would have just sharpened the axe before you started. And before you go into a new year expecting things to be different, you got to take some time to sharpen your axe with the wisdom of God. To be more effective, productive, and peaceful this year, you've got to work smarter and not harder. You've got to sharpen your axe with wisdom or you'll get worn out doing things that are worthless. If you want things to be different in your life this year, you can't keep doing the same ineffective things that didn't work last year. You've got to gain some divine wisdom to make some divine changes. And it's God's wisdom that will sharpen your focus and unleash your creativity. And now, whenever you sharpen an ax, the sparks fly, and that's kind of fun. And whenever you cooperate with God's creative change process in your life, the sparks fly. That's why we're starting this new series that I'm calling Spark. It's all about God's creative change process in your life. Because I believe God wants to spark some real and lasting change in your life this year. I believe God wants to spark new passion, new growth, new dreams, new possibilities. I really believe God wants to create something new and powerful in your life this year but you have to sharpen the ax and let the sparks fly. You can't carve something new with the same dull ax. In this series, we're gonna sharpen the ax and let the sparks fly by learning how to cooperate with God's creative change process in our lives. You know, a while back I was reading the story of creation from Genesis chapter one in my devotional and God really impressed upon me that The same process he used to create the world is the same process that he wants to use in my life to create a genesis of new growth and change. That very same process, God, who is creativity, the source of all creativity, who created the infinite universe, wants to bring creative change in my life. And maybe you feel like you're at a place of stagnation in your life. Maybe you feel like you've lost all your passion. You've lost your creativity. You're just sort of going through the motions of life. Maybe you feel like you just don't have the passion that you once did. Or maybe you feel like you're at a place of stagnation in your marriage where you sort of feel stuck. And that spark of passion and adventure has been replaced by the spark of anger and arguing and confusion, or maybe you feel like you're stagnated in your spiritual walk, that you just don't have that first love that you once had, that spark when you first came to Christ. We all go through times of stagnation in our lives, but the good news is God has a divine process for bringing us out of the rut into renewal. He has this creative change process that he wants us to cooperate with and the sparks will fly and you'll come alive again. So let's look at it in Genesis chapter one, the very first verse in all the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. The first four words in all of Scripture are in the beginning, God. And all new beginnings begin with God. All growth starts with God. You know, all new beginnings start with God Almighty. And God always is the one who instigates the greatest changes in our lives. So you don't need to look for more self-help books this year. You look to God. You don't need self-help. You need God's help. And God wants to create that change in your life. So everything starts with God, looking to God. It's not looking within. It's looking to God. You look to God, the source of all creativity, and he wants to bring some creative change in your life this year. Now, the next word in the Bible, the fifth word in Scripture, is created. In the beginning, God created. And that word created in the Hebrew is the word bara. Translated into the Latin, it's ex nihilo, which means out of nothing. It means God created out of nothing. Now, humankind can create, but we have to create with existing matter. Only God creates out of nothing. I love that, that God can create something out of nothing. When you bring your nothing to God, he can make something out of it. And maybe today you feel like you're at a place of nothingness. Maybe you have no passion. God can create passion where there is no passion because God can create something out of nothing. Ex nihilo, out of nothing. Maybe you feel like you have no purpose and no meaning. God can create purpose where there is no purpose. Maybe you have no direction. You've got a decision to make. You're confused and you just feel aimless. You just have no clear direction in life. God can create direction where there is no direction. Maybe you feel like there's no hope of anything changing in your life. There's no hope of Anything changing in the situation you're in, well, God can create hope where there is no hope. God creates out of nothing. If I bring my nothing to God, he can make something out of it. But I have to cooperate with God's change process. So let's look at the process that he went through to create the universe. It's the same process that he wants to take you through to create new and lasting change in your life. First is light. It all started with light, which is inspiration from God. First, God creates light. In Genesis 1-3, it says, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. New growth and creative change always starts with light from God. It's inspiration from God. You get inspiration from God. You get illumination from God. You get a vision from God. You get an idea from God. You get a promise from God's word. And the light comes on, and you see the truth. It all starts with light. In Psalm 119, 105, it says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. You see, when you get into God's word, then the light comes on. So many of the biggest decisions of my life and of Chris's life have come out of our time in God's word, our devotional time in God's word. Spending time in God's word, 10, 15 minutes, writing down what God's showing us. Almost all the ideas that God has used at Woodland Church come from his word. 
They come out of God's word. God will give us an idea from his word. He'll inspire us with the promise of God. He'll, he'll give us a promise. That's for us. The light will come on. It may be about something totally different than what I'm reading, but God will just open up my mind and my heart. You see, God is creativity. He is passion. He is purpose. And when you spend time with God, you become more like him, and he fills you up with that. It all starts with light. And so really the most important New Year's resolution you could ever have is to develop the habit of a consistent daily time with God where you read 10, 15 minutes in his word. You have a little notebook and you write down what God's showing you. Some days you get a lot, some days you don't get a lot. But I'm telling you, that's where it all comes from. It has to start with light inspiration from God, that idea from heaven, that vision from heaven, that promise from God's word, the light. You can't live without it. In fact, the Bible says that if you don't walk in the light, you're gonna stumble in darkness and not even know what you're stumbling over. And some of you have been stumbling over some of the same things, but you don't even realize it because you don't have the light that you need. All creative change starts with God's illumination. We want to really help you out with that this year. And so starting tomorrow morning in our video devotionals on all of our platform, I'm going to be doing a video devotional called Follow the Light. And I hope you'll connect with us tomorrow morning. And on our blog, our video devotional, on all of our platforms, the website, everything, uh, my family and I are going to be doing this devotional to help you. And we're going to do a chapter in the book of John every day, a chapter a day. And um, we're going to learn together. We're going to grow together because we're going to follow Jesus. We're going to follow the light. We're going to walk with Jesus over the next month. And so when you hang out with Jesus, you become more like him. Don't miss it. Connect tomorrow morning or whenever you get a chance tomorrow, connect so that we can walk in the light together because I'm telling you, the power of walking in the light and getting illumination from God, getting inspiration from God, it changes everything. Walk in the light. I have a promise for somebody for this year. In Isaiah 42, 16, God says to you, I will guide them along paths they have not known. I will make the darkness become light for them and the rough ground smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not leave my people. God says, I want to guide you along some paths that are new. I have some new paths, some new possibilities for you this year. And I'm going to light the way. But you got to stay in my word. That light for your path. You've got to stay in my word so that you'll know the direction to go. You'll get light from me. You'll get guidance from me. You'll get inspiration from me. Henry Allen um, is one of our dear friends here at Woodlands Church. He's, a, he's one of our missionaries. He's been one of our missionaries for years. And he does ministry to the persecuted church. Um, he's based in Europe. And he and his wife, Ruthie, minister to the Muslim world. Um, in North Africa, in the Middle East, overall our Middle Eastern missions. And it's just been a joy to partner with Henry. Um, 
He has such a passion. When most people are retired, he's going stronger than ever because he has so much creativity and so much passion because he and his wife Ruthie just walk with the Lord one step at a time, walking in the light. And he's a film producer. And one of the things he does that's so amazing is he produces these major films that go into the Muslim world and bring people to Christ. And so Henry was visiting with Chris and I this week and Chris had a chance to talk with them, and I want you to watch and just be reminded of how the light, that inspiration from God, fills us up as you see it in Henry's life. Yeah, and commit to pray for Henry and Ruthie and our missionaries to the Middle East, but it just, we, we love hanging around people like Henry. We have friends like Henry and Ruthie because they just really inspire us because they walk in the light. So it all starts with light, inspiration from God. But the second thing is land. That's the opportunities on earth. Light is the inspiration from heaven, and land is the possibilities on earth. Well, look at this next verse, Genesis 1-9. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear. And it was so. And God called the dry ground land. So light is the inspiration from God in his word, and land is the opportunities here on earth. God created land for humankind to explore and to cultivate. And God creates new opportunities for you to explore and to cultivate and pursue this year. New realities, new opportunities, new possibilities. And whenever God gives you a vision from heaven, he also gives you an opportunity on earth where the two connect. And when that light from heaven connects with that opportunity on earth and they clash, then something divine happens in our lives. And so we have to open our eyes to see those opportunities on earth, the new opportunities, the new possibilities that God will have for you this year. But sometimes the possibilities are disguised as problems. When God created land, he created mountains and valleys, and deserts, and rocky terrain, and rainforests. And it could be this year that you will face a mountain that you feel like you'll never be able to make it over. You may find yourself this year walking through a deep valley of despair that you feel like you'll never get through. Or you may find yourself in a desert where the heat is on and the pressure and the stress feels overwhelming. You see, with new possibilities, there are new problems. For there are new beginnings that God has for you. There are these new beginnings and you start and the new beginnings lead over here to new blessings. God takes you from new beginnings to new blessings. Those new beginnings are leading to new blessings. The problem is we can't see the new blessings because of the barriers that are between the beginnings and the blessings. It's really hard to see the new blessings when you're at the place of new beginnings because of the barriers there. And we get discouraged. And we don't see the possibility. We just see the problem. You see, after God created the land, he said that it was good. The tallest mountains, the deepest valleys, the hottest deserts, all the rocky terrain, he said, it's good. And sometimes the greatest opportunity 
that God gives us for growth and blessings comes in the form of a tall mountain that you can't make it over. And you have to learn to totally depend upon him and find the victory. Sometimes our greatest opportunity for growth and blessing comes in the form of a deep valley where you discover that God will never leave you and that he will bring you through. Sometimes the greatest opportunity for growth and blessing comes in the form of a dry desert where the heat rises and the pressure and the stress refine our character and make us more like Christ. So many times the possibilities are disguised as problems. And many times the greatest barrier you're facing is the bridge to the new blessings. We're over here at New Beginnings and God wants to lead us to new blessings. And as we take steps of obedience, God begins to work, but we see the barrier. And so many people get discouraged right there and they never get to the new blessings. But what you don't realize is the greatest barrier you're facing right now is probably the bridge that will get you to the blessing. Our greatest barriers are usually the bridge that God uses to get us to that place of blessing. We just have to see it with spiritual eyes, eyes of opportunity. Benaiah is a guy in the Old Testament that had eyes of opportunity. I love the few passages that talk about Benaiah. He was one of David's mighty men, one of his men of valor who did great feats of courage. And in 2 Samuel 23, 20, it says, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, a valiant fighter from Kabzeel, performed great exploits. He struck down Moab's two mightiest warriors. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. So Benaiah finds himself in a pit on a freezing, cold, snowy day, but that's not bad enough. There's a fierce lion, a ferocious lion in the pit with him. Now, I would think that would be a no good, terrible, very bad day. But Benaiah has eyes of opportunity and he sees, wow, I'm in a pit with a lion on a snowy day. This is my greatest opportunity for God to be glorified. This is my opportunity to do something with God's power that even King David is going to see. And maybe I'll be a mighty warrior for him. Maybe he'll notice. And this is my opportunity to be elevated. This is my opportunity for some new blessings. This is my greatest opportunity to move out from where I am in these new beginnings to find these new blessings. He didn't see it as a barrier. He saw it as the bridge to his blessings. And he killed that lion in that pit on a snowy day. Do you have eyes of opportunity like Benaiah? Or is all you can see the obstacles? Sometimes... I just have obstacle eyes. All I can see is the obstacle. But that's why you need light again. Because you've got to have that light from heaven to get perspective. That's why it's important to be at worship week after week. It's important to connect with us online in worship or in person in worship. But you've got to connect because you need perspective. Because if you don't have God's perspective, then those problems, those barriers get so big that you can't really see the opportunity you just see the obstacle. 
But when you get God's perspective and you realize how great God is and how much he loves you, just a little bit of perspective, a little recalibration, then things come into focus. Your focus gets clear and you see that that barrier can lead you right to the blessing. The barrier is the bridge. But sometimes we can't see the new possibilities because we're distracted by things that aren't important. You can't seize new opportunities when you're overwhelmed by empty activities. And so this year, one of the most important things you've got to do to unleash that creativity, to step into those new beginnings and new blessings, is you've got to act some things that you're doing right now. You see, our schedules are so overcrowded with things that aren't going to matter. We do so many things. We think the secret to success is multitasking, but it's just the opposite. The more you narrow your focus, the more you broaden your life. We think the secret is doing all these things and you're keeping all these plates spinning, and God says, I want you to hit the one target that matters. I mean, can you imagine if an axe throwing, the goal was just throw it wherever you want to throw it? Just throw it wherever you want to throw it, and my hand's kind of sweaty right now, but just... Just throw that axe, you know? Just let it rip. No, you've got a target. And God has a target for your life. And he wants you to narrow that target down to the things that are the most important. And to do that, the only way to do that is first you've got to cut out a lot of things that are good, but they're not of God. They're not of God for you. There are a lot of good opportunities that come my way, but there are very few God opportunities. And we miss out on God's best because we're doing a lot of good things. And the more you sharpen your focus, the more you broaden your life, the more effective you become, the more productive you become when you realize what is the main thing. What are those two or three things that God has called me to do? Then you got that target. Oh, that was just, that was just pure mercy from God right there. Yeah, you got to clap for that. That will never happen again. I'm quitting right there. Show the tape for the next service, please. But you have to narrow the target down and know what the target is. Sometimes we just throw the ax and wherever it hits, we draw a target around it and go, yeah, that, that's it. It doesn't work that way. Jesus was visiting his friends, sisters Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus. And Mary was just sitting at Jesus' feet, just connecting with the God of the universe. But in Luke 10, 40, it says, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Martha was distracted, she was stressed, she was overwhelmed, she was worried about all the details that she thought were so important, but they really weren't. She was missing the one thing that was important, connecting with the God of the universe. She forgot the God of the universe was in her living room. She was all worried about what they were going to drink when she forgot that the God who turned water into the finest wine was in her living room. She was all worried about what they were getting ready to eat, and she forgot the God who fed the 5,000 on the hillside with 
two fish and five loaves was in her living room. And the reason we get stressed out and overwhelmed with our overcrowded schedules is because we forget that the God of the universe is in our living room. He's in our lives to meet our every need, to supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. You gotta act some of the good things you're doing right now to be able to seize the God things that he has for you. You gotta cut out some distractions. We're gonna talk about this. But let me just give you a few I know you need to cut out. First is worrying about things you can't control. You gotta cut that out. We spend a lot of time with worthless worrying. And cut out trying to please everyone because it's impossible and you're gonna miss your purpose. It'll steal your passion. You gotta cut out wasting time with negative people. I don't hang around negative people. I hang around encouraging people, people like Henry. I hang around people who really fill me with courage because encouragement means in courage, it means to put courage in. Discourage means to take courage away and I don't have a whole lot of courage. So I need to hang around people who put courage into me rather than take courage away. And so you're wasting your time just hanging around negative people and some of you are going, well, I'm married to one. What do I do? Well, that's a different, different message altogether. Okay, hold off. But really, you want to hang around people that build you up. And then you want to cut out complaining and grumbling. Oh, we spend so much time complaining and grumbling rather than working on the problem. You want to cut out trying to do everything perfectly because if you do that, you'll never get anything done. And then you want to cut out talking more than listening. Boy, I need that one. And you want to cut out putting off a decision that needs to be made. And you want to cut out avoiding that person that you need to have a tough conversation with. There's so many things that I need to cut out this year so that I can narrow the target down to what's most important so I can be most effective and productive. And so you have light, that inspiration from heaven that collides with land, the opportunities on earth, and it produces life. The third thing is life, and that's the passion of your heart. In Genesis 1.11, the next thing God creates is this thing God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. So next, God creates life. And he wants to breathe life into you and reignite the passion in your heart. If you don't live from the passion that God has placed in your heart, you'll live by the pressures everyone else places on you. And some of you don't know what the passion that God placed in your heart is. It's so covered up by everything else. And and I pray that will come out during this series because when light hits land and brings that life from God, then the passion of your life comes out and your passion comes alive and you live from passion and the sparks fly. We're gonna talk more about that in the series. But then there's a fourth thing God creates, likeness. That's developing Christ-like character. In Genesis 1:26, it says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And so you are made in the image of God. That means you have the capacity for spiritual things, that you're different from all the other animals because you have a spirit. 
You have a body, but yet you have a spirit. And so you have the capacity to have a relationship with God. And that's why your number one New Year's resolution should be spiritual growth. Because when you grow spiritually, everything else starts working out. You put spiritual growth first, and God gives you the desires to do the other things that you need to do. God cares about your physical body. He cares about your emotions. But your spirit is the most important, and we neglect our spirit so often, and we wonder why we feel empty on the inside. We wonder why we're in burnout mode. Your spiritual creation and spiritual growth is simply becoming more like Jesus. It's becoming more like Christ. For you see, there are two ways to grow spiritually. Number one is God's word. Get into God's word and get that light. And God will begin to grow you. Your character will change. You'll be spending time with God. But the second way is problems. It's the sharpener. That friction, stress, problems, difficulties begin to chip away those rough edges of our character that don't look like Jesus. I wish I could tell you that it's just God's word. Just read God's word. You'll never have any problems as a Christian. But God uses the pressure to form our character, to build our character. He's more concerned about your character than your comfort. And he's always making our character look more like Jesus. And that's where we find fulfillment in likeness. But I want to share with you the last thing, and that's limits. The power of God's care and control. In Genesis 2.2, it says, on the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. God, who is limitless, who never runs out of energy, rested. Why? As an example to us, because we have limits. And because we have limits, we have to rest in his care and control and his power. And I want you to know that this year, as we set off into this series, and there are new blessings ahead and new beginnings, the only way you're going to get to those barriers is with God's power. Willpower doesn't work. You need God's power. And because we're the axe in God's hands. You see, God sharpens us, and, and God prepares us. It makes us more effective, but... He wields the axe. He's the power. You see, I could say to that axe, axe, I want you to chop down that tree and cut up some firewood, but nothing's going to happen until I take it by the hand. The axe is the tool. I'm the power behind it. And we're just the tool for God to use. He's the power behind it. But so many times we try to be the power. We try to control everything. And we start off in those new beginnings we burn out right away. But that's okay. We start off in those new beginnings and we hit a mountain and a barrier right away. And that's okay. Because it's those barriers, those mountains, those walls that help us realize that we need God desperately. We have a great call on our lives. God has a great call on your life this year. But you're going to hit that wall right away. And if you fall, it's okay. As long as you fall to your knees. And say, God, I can't do this. You're going to have to do this through me. You see, every time I come out here to preach, right backstage in the hallway, I have a little blanket that's down on the floor. 
And I just kneel down and say, God, you got to speak through me because if you don't, then I'm going to waste thousands of hours. God, if you don't speak through me from your word, then nothing's going to happen because I can't change one life. But you can change hundreds of lives. God, I need you to lift me up. I can't do this, but you can through me. You see, it's in our weakness that we find his strength and his power. And so I just want to really, really make sure you understand that as you start off in these new beginnings and you hit those barriers, those barriers are good because they remind us we can't do it without God's strength. It's my brokenness that leads me back to the cross over and over again. It's my helplessness. So many times in my life, every day, I feel helpless, helpless to solve a problem, helpless to change a situation, helpless to overcome a problem in my life. But it's that helplessness that leads me to the hope, and that's Jesus Christ and his power. And when we fall, he says that he will lift us up. The righteous may fall many times and may stumble, but the Lord will lift us up every time if we fall to our knees. Sometimes I fall on my face, but I try to get to my knees after that. And he lifts me up with his power and his strength to do great things through me. And God wants to do great things through you this year. But you're ordinary and imperfect and broken. But the good news is that's the only kind of people God uses, ordinary, imperfect, and broken people, because that's all he's got to work with. But when you bring your ordinariness to an extraordinary God, he does extraordinary things through you. When you bring your brokenness to a God who is whole and complete and needs nothing, then he brings wholeness through you. You see, the key to power is not willpower. It's the cross. In 1 Corinthians 1.18, it says, the teaching about the cross is foolishness to those who are being lost, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. You see, the cross now, when you see a cross, a lot of times it's someone wearing a cross necklace, it's jewelry, and you think that's beautiful jewelry. A lot of people that don't even claim to be Christians wear crosses. It's fashionable jewelry. Or you see a cross at a church, or a cross up on the freeway, whatever it may be, and it's a cross, and we're used to seeing the cross, but you go back 2,000 years, and what does the cross symbolize? It's a symbol of death, a symbol of execution, a symbol of shame, and that's why the cross is foolishness to those who want to be powerful and successful. The cross is a symbol of weakness. It's a symbol of death. But when I go to the cross, Jesus Christ took the cross and made it the symbol of forgiveness and power and love and purpose and meaning. And whenever I go to the cross with my brokenness and my shame and I push into the cross, he fills me with his power. And I remember his grace that overcomes shame. And I step into my purpose, but it's daily going to the cross and going to the cross because it is the power of God for those of us being saved. 
You see, we want to be strong. We want to be powerful. We want to get our act together. We want to get everything straightened out. We want to fix some other people along the way too this year. We've got some goals. And we're going to do it differently. But really it comes down to going to the cross, the old rugged cross every day. And saying, Jesus, thank you for your grace, your salvation, your wholeness, your power. It's in my weakness I go to the cross and he makes me strong. It's not willpower, it's real power because it's his power. It's the power of almighty God through the cross of Jesus Christ. The power to save, the power to redeem, the power to forgive. The power to live again. Do you believe that? Do you believe that, Woodland Church? Let's thank him for who he is. Let's thank him for the cross that's available to all. And the ground is level at the foot of the cross. I want us to bow our heads right now, and as we commit this new year to God, let's make it all about the cross and let our focus be on Jesus Christ. And let's look to Jesus and let him give us light from heaven this year so he can open up our eyes to see the opportunities on land. And it will bring life and passion to us. We'll become more like Jesus Christ and we'll keep going to that cross, trusting in Jesus. Dear Lord, I pray for all those here right now who've never really come to the cross. They've never really admitted that they can't save themselves and they're still trying to do it on their own. I pray right now in this moment, as we kick off this new year, they would pray this prayer silently to you and receive you into their life and say, Jesus Christ, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I'm weak, I'm broken, and I need your forgiveness of all my sins. I come to you and ask you to save me. I can't save myself. I receive your free gift of heaven one day and ask you to be my Lord and to help me grow with your power. And Lord, I just pray for everyone here who is maybe facing a mountain or they're walking through a deep valley or they're in the middle of the dry desert, that you would let them know that they're not alone and you're gonna see them through and that barrier, you're gonna turn it into the very bridge that's gonna take them to those new blessings and it's not over yet and you're gonna see them through and the story's not been written yet and you're rewriting the story right now and I thank you for that, Lord. You are the creative writer and you write the story as we give you the pen. I pray for those who feel like the story's been written, that you would just awaken them, Lord, to the fact that it's not over because you're still writing. And you're gonna write something beautiful, something blessed out of the brokenness. Lord, we commit this year to you. We turn to the cross and we ask for your power. We need you desperately, but we thank you that we have you. Lord, we focus on not on what we don't have, but on what we have, you. Not on what we can't do, but on what we can do, because we can do all things through you who strengthen us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you, Woodland Church. Let's thank the Lord for who he is. And let's stand together, and let's believe God for it. You see, new beginnings get us started. And then we have to believe that God's gonna take us over the barriers and get us to the blessings. And so that belief, that faith has to come before you get over the barrier. 
Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. When we get over the barrier and we thank God, that's gratitude. That's great. God wants us to be grateful. But first, we have to believe and thank God in advance, even if we don't feel like it. Sometimes I don't feel like it. It's like, God, thank you that you're going to get me through this, get me over this mountain. God, are you really going to get me over this mountain? That happens about 30 seconds later. But I've got to speak it, and I've got to think it, and I've got to step into it, and I believe for it. Do you believe for it, Woodlands Church? Let's sing that, and let's believe God for everything he wants us to believe him for this year. That's your right. Not a lot you get to choose in life, but you get to choose how much you believe God. And we choose to believe him for everything that he wants for us this year. Do you believe that? Let's sing it with all our heart. Let's believe for it. Hey, church. Thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.